Who knew in the moment? The premise of the show is that as you're living your life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, we can see all of the pivotal moments that led to where we're at. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Johnny DeJulius with me. Johnny is a wrestling stud. Uh, he also started a business called No Tomorrow, which if you're watching this, you can see it behind him. If you're listening, uh, go ahead and Google that. And then as a uh, amazing hobby, and we'll get into this, uh, the guy has amazing stunts, base jumping, parachuting, the whole likes of it, and something that you're going to hear in our conversation day, which I'm excited to highlight is he likes to live with a mantra uh, or the mindset of pro noia. And so he's going to uh, bring up that. <laughs> I did. Oh he's going gonna... to bring up a word that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. So Johnny, I'm so impressed on. right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just jump into that real quick. Pro noia is like literally what I live by. Uh, Do it. Give it the premise. So funny. Holy shit. Yeah, so like I have a good friend who actually owns No Tomorrow with me. His name is Bryce Meredith. Um, first of all, by the way, thank you for having me. I appreciate yep. it. Uh, but yeah, I have a good friend named Bryce Meredith. He owns No Tomorrow with me. And basically, me and him always talk about how you never know the consequences of good fortune, mm -hmm. but you never know like the 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 good road, the opportunities that that open up from misfortune, from bad fortune, yeah. right? And so many people will never will never see that, right? So. Uh, maybe when you were looking up, you know, times I talked about pro noia, did you ever hear, uh, what I call the pothole theory? Uh, I did, but go ahead and explain it. I like it. And okay, uh, I think it. it's so, a good premise. So basically to me, right. What it means is like, you know, if you're going somewhere, uh, that, that you're super excited to be at, whether it's a concert or it's, it's uh, a flight you haven't been to on vacation forever. Hey, I'm heading to Florida with the family, whatever. You're on your way. Maybe it's even something smaller. Like uh, I'm seeing all my old college buddies at a pregame. We're all in town and I'm so excited to see. I haven't talked to them in years. I'm so excited, right? You're on your way and on your way there, you hit a pothole and you get a flat tire. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not some like crazy mechanic. It's going to take me a good minute to change this tire, right? I Fortunately, I can do it on my own, right? I can do it on my own. What does it take me like 20 minutes? And maybe that 20, 30 minute window of getting all the fucking junk out of your car because you don't clean your car. You got to get everything <laughs> out and you got to take out the fucking tire and you got to jack it up and the fucking jack slams down and you put it on the wrong spot and you got to redo it again. Boom. It takes like 30 minutes. You might miss that flight. Right. Or that small little like, you know, hole in the wall concert. Maybe they, 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 their, their set is done. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You get back in the car, 30 minutes later, you start driving. It's easy to say that that was the most inconvenient part of your week. It's very yes. easy to say that, right? Yep. While you're driving down the road, you see a car, you know, accident. Maybe it's fatal. Maybe someone's super hurt. I don't know. And, you know, you kind of look over and then you keep thinking about your own poor, miserable life and how you missed this concert, how you missed your buddies at the pregame and you missed this flight, whatever. It'd be really easy to be like, that accident was the worst part of my week. But in the grand scheme of things, it could be yeah. the best thing that happened to you or the yeah. going to the concert was the best thing that never happened to you because yeah. you could have been in that accident. Now, obviously that's an extreme example, right? It's an extreme yep. example, but there's so many potholes in my life that 
if I did it, it's not like, oh, you learn from failure, find a silver lining. It's deeper than that because it's stuff that we'll never know. Like mm-hmm. what road, what road did I never open up because I fucked up? And yeah. it doesn't mean, like, hey, you should like, you should be okay with fucking up and failure. That's not what I mean either, right? Yep. But what I mean is there's only one thing to look at. Why not look at the positive? You know what I mean? And it might yeah. be delusional optimism. Yeah. But I'd rather live in delusional optimism than live in all these opportunities that I missed in my life. You know what I mean? I'd rather live this direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. Well, so there's an old proverb. I don't know if you've heard this or not, uh, but basically um, a gentleman gets a horse. The horse. Yeah, the yeah, horse. Yeah. I knew you were saying All right, perfect. He knows it. Good. Love that. Yeah, yeah. love that. I, I talk about like, uh, I, so I like that. It's called the story of maybe, right? Yeah. So I love that. And and I like attribute it to my own life too. Um, you know, just to kind of like, I know I'm moving fast through this, but I wrestled Ohio State and you know, out of college, I was I was a really high level recruit, and I don't want to say I had a bad college career because I I had a good college career. We won the nationals at Ohio State. Yeah. Individually, though, I was ranked second in the country at times. I was seated fourth in the NCAA's, and I myself did not win NCAA's, which I thought I could. I thought that I had the skills and the talent to do that. Right. Yeah. So looking at it, oh man, I failed. Right. Like looking at it from from just the naked eye. But when you really think about it, what what road and opportunities did that set up? And for me, if I would have achieved my dreams, quote unquote, right? I think there's a lot of things I wouldn't learn. There's a lot of things I would lack. And there's a lot of directions I wouldn't have gone down after. Like it snowballed into so many different like avenues of, of where my life could go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so I want to kick off, but I want to rewind because I think your high school career is probably the catalyst in in all of this, right? So freshman year, you come in, you're a stud muffin, you're having a great career. You get to the state championship, though, and we fall fall one match. Well, we're in the match, but we fall one win short of that ultimate goal of winning the state championship. Right. However... Because of that, you say, well, I was a little bit motivated for the next three years and the next three years worked a little differently. So talk a little bit about, you know, that freshman year, the frustration of not yeah, winning, but yeah. then that being a launching pad for the next three. So uh, I'm not sure how much you looked into, but I'll, I'll get into this a little bit. Or maybe maybe you might be hesitant asking me, which totally you're allowed to. There's actually my sophomore year that's really interesting. We'll get into that in a second. But my freshman year, I actually lost my best friend in the state finals, right? We went to the same uh, you know, five-year-old little itty-bitty wrestling camp or wrestling practice together. We were best friends, drill partners all through our junior high. Uh, then we wrestled in the state finals and he beats me in overtime, right? Yeah. So was an overtime match away from being a four-time state champ. And my whole goal my whole life was to be a four-time state champ. Yeah. So again, outside looking in, it's like, damn, he didn't get his fourth. He, he could have been a four-timer. Yeah. But when you're in it, like when you're actually in that, it's like, okay, what did I learn? And it's, it, you know, it sounds so cheesy. It sounds like I, I appreciate participation trophies and I don't, right? right? It's not <laughs> yeah. what I want, but you have to explain it in a way at first to like understand like, yeah, growth is important and, mm-hmm. and understanding like, like nuance of sport is important. And yeah. when, 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 when you lose you, what do you, if I, if I just won all the time, what would happen when I went to college and I never learned how to, to, battle through a loss, battle through heartbreak, battle through someone in close proximity to my life, you know, beating me and, and whatnot. There's so many things that happen. So I like to attribute wrestling to 
in my opinion, this is bias, right? Football is great. Basketball is great. Baseball is great for me. And volleyball, shout out Julianne. Uh, <laughs> for me, wrestling is the greatest simulator for real life struggle, right? Yeah. In my opinion. And here's why. Real life suffering is going to happen. And a lot of people try to avoid suffering as much as they can. They try to say, oh, if I go down this path of least resistance, it will be my best opportunity for happiness. And that's not always true. Yeah. It's not always true, right? Like the path of least resistance at the gym would be the lightest weight. And we all know yeah. you can't get stronger with the lightest weight. It's the best metaphor you could probably think of, right? Yeah. So I I, I like to think, and I, I'm, I'm cherry picking from a coach of mine. Yeah. I like to think of, of wrestling as like, you know, a glass of water, right? And if there's dust in the water, what happens if you let it sit for a really long time? The dust settles at the bottom, the water's on top. I take a sip of the water. I get clean water. I don't taste the dust. Mm. Well, that's a life of, of no suffering. No, yeah. Nobody's ever passed away. You've never dealt with injuries. You, you haven't dealt with a breakup, someone cheating on you. No adversity, right? Yeah. Sudden, years later, you take a sip, you get down to the dust. What do you do? <clears throat> Spit it out. I'm not ready for that. Right? right. What wrestling does, what wrestling does is it shakes your water every single day. Yeah. Oh, I take a sip. Ooh, that, that was dusty. And the feedback loop you get is, hey, you're not strong enough. Hey, you're not fast enough. Hey, you're not tough enough. Hey, you're not good here yet. Hey, you're not, hey, you are good here yet. And there's positive feedback as well. There's so much feedback that you get from shaking your water every single day and being able to like learn and accept, put yourself in simulated suffering. Yeah. When I was a sophomore, right after I won my second state title, oh, my mom passed away. Yeah. Probably saw that, right? Yeah. I was a sophomore. And it's really easy when 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 bad things happen to say why. I yeah. think it's the easiest thing. And it's not wrong. People do say why, right? Yeah. Why me? Why God? Why? Why does bad things happen to good people? It's really easy to say why. Well, Absolutely. let's take that let's take that new sport. I mean, the first minute of my wrestling match, I get thrown on my back. If I go, why, God, why did I do that stupid move? I'm down five to zero. Yeah. I probably don't have a great opportunity of getting back in this match, right? Mm. Why is a past tense looking word? I'm in the moment, in the middle of a fight, thinking about a minute ago. It's probably yeah. not the best thing I could do. Yeah. But if I change that from why to what, okay, what do I have to do to get back in this match? Yeah. What do I have to do to get out on bottom, to, to score points, to get to my leg attacks, to whatever it is? It's probably, it's a more future pushing word, or at least present. It's more present, yeah. but it's like, what do I have to do right now, right? Yep. So, when you attribute that to like losing somebody, of course you're going to mourn them. And there's a good yeah. mourning period. But what wrestling taught me is, yeah, you know what? Why Why did my mom have to pass away? Or, hey, what do I have to do to be there for my brothers? Yeah. What do I have to do to, to be a good son to my dad? Because he just lost his wife, right? So yeah. many things that, that come from that where sports doesn't make things like losing your mom easier, but it does make it manageable, in my opinion. And if you've never put yourself in there, it's really hard to navigate when suffering happens because guess what's inevitable? We're going to suffer. It's not a life of misery, yep. right? Embrace the suck a little bit. It's not a life of misery. It's just there are people that you're going to lose. Yeah. And there are times you're going to get injured and miss out on opportunities. And there are times you're going to deal with financial struggle. It yeah. is just, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's right. Sorry about my filibuster a little bit, but no, I love it. My high school career a little bit. So it helped me a lot.
Yeah, well, and I think a, a couple of things that you highlighted is one, it's not that bad things aren't going to happen. It's being prepared to deal with them and say, all right, mm -hmm. next up mentality when they do happen, right? For sure. And For sure. I think, you know, we're talking about in the scope of sports and, you know, I think sports are a great uh, opportunity to learn life lessons before you have to deal with real life lessons. Uh, but for you, it was a life lesson right away. So, um, you know, talk about just, you know, losing a parent, but then, yeah. you know, I think about it this way. There's, you never want to bury something because it will rear its head out at some point. You if you it, don't deal you with it. 100%, 100%. However, there is something to be said about embracing it, dealing with it, and then also saying, but my life has to continue on, right? And mm -hmm. I still have to continue to progress. So talk a little bit about, you know, that period of time for you, you know, embracing it, being there for family, you know, for dealing sure, with it. Sure. And then at the same token saying, all right, I, I still have life to live though. So, so I remember I was leaving my mom's funeral, right? Sophomore. So I just won my first state title. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I know you asked about uh, my high school career for, for listeners. I ended up winning sophomore, junior, senior year. So I was a three-time state champ, yeah. you know, very fortunate. Um, but sophomore year was she, she saw me win my first and then uh, she passed away like 10 days, 13 days later. I, I forget the exact time frame after it was March 21st, but like 10 days after my, my first state title. Right. And I remember leaving the funeral on like the 23rd or 24th, a couple of days later. And I get pulled over from the police. Mm. Now, now it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't flying down the road, or anything <laughs> like but I got pulled over, uh, rolling a stop sign. Right. Mm. Cop pulls me over, walks over to me and he goes, you know, you just rolled, you just rolled a stop sign. And, I, you know, I wasn't like hysterical. He didn't know I just lost somebody. I'm not yeah. using it as the victim card, yeah. but I'm not, you know, totally like upbeat, you know, charismatic at this point. Right. Right. So I said, yeah. You know, my bad. I just was, you know, trying to get home. Right. I said, whatever. So in my head, what am I thinking? I'm thinking I just lost my mom. Obviously, I'm not going to get a ticket right now. Life owes me a break. Mm. Life does. It owes yeah. me a break. Yeah. He comes back. He gives me a ticket. He says, have a good day and leaves. Right. So, yeah. so kind of like, like that right there was like, no matter what you're going through and how bad you want a break, life will continue. Mm. And, you know, it sucks to say that, like, you know, someone listening may have lost their grandma, may have yeah. lost their grandma. And it's really easy to be like, I just, I, I'm, I deserve a break, not a break. Like I get to sit down, but I deserve like, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say handout. Cause then it all of a sudden it gets taken the wrong way. Cause words like that, right. You know, in a political sense and whatnot yeah. have kind of like dragged out and, yeah. as, as weapons, but, but we expect like, Oh, so many bad things happen to me. I'm due. And you're mm. not, yeah. not due. you're not due. So the only thing you can do is, is not move on, but you have to keep living, right? Yeah. Like life, life doesn't give a fuck that right. you just lost mom. Right. Life yeah. does not, if you roll a stop sign, you'll get a ticket. Yeah. Yep. It's just how it is. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So, Big thing that I learned just with, with moving on, right, is if there's only one thing to look at, if there is only a silver lining to look at, I'd rather have my mom than the silver lining. But if all I can grasp is the silver lining, then I might as well. So for yeah. me, I'm going to ask you a question. What's your favorite movie? And it doesn't have to be your actual favorite, but a movie that probably we've both seen that you love. Uh, Gladiator or Blow okay. with Johnny Depp, those two. Both. <laughs> but I, I'm so happy you said both. Those are <laughs> phenomenal movies i mean my girlfriend watch uh gladiator she fell asleep i got so mad what um i know uh i know and she and, and like i'm trying to show her a casino and she's falling asleep it's 
we, we so, need to we need to teach her a thing about movies here. Right. Um, Gladiator, what's the first scene you think of off the top of your head? Could be anything. Are you not entertained? Right, 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 right. Yeah, right in the costume. You could have thought of any anything. Yep. You could have thought of, you know, the last battle at the end. You yeah. could have thought of the first battle of the war, you know, at the beginning. You could have thought of when Marcus Aurelius dies. You could have thought of anything. Why did you not think of the end credits? Because it'd be silly, right? Yeah. So when someone accidentally says a your mom joke to me, or someone says, Hey, what do your parents do? Plural S at the end. When yeah. someone says anything that makes me think of my mom, mm-hmm. I like to think that she wouldn't want me just to think of the end credits of her movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, she's pretty, uh, she was a very upbeat person, you know, very yeah. charismatic. So, so if that's the case, why wouldn't I think about, oh, we were six years old and we went to Disney with my mom or when I was 12 and we played hooky from school and da, da, da. Like, I like to think of something an hour into her movie, an hour and a half into her movie yeah. and credits. Now, easier said than done. It's really mm-hmm. hard not to miss somebody and associate miss with sadness, right? Yeah. It's just but I know that people that we lose don't want us to think name sad. They don't yeah. want that. I don't want that. You don't want, you want name. Damn, that motherfucker was wild. <laughs> right? You want that. Absolutely. Right? So that's, that's, that's how I like to view it. Yeah. Uh, I like to think I learned that from wrestling. I haven't really tied how wrestling got me to the movie metaphor yet, yeah. but, but definitely that's how I've, I've kind of gotten through you know, getting over and being able to talk about my mom without struggling, right? And yeah. of course there's struggle, but yeah. I, I I talk about my mom pretty freely and it's 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 leaning into it more than more than you know trying to avoid talking about it. Right. Like yep. I got this one friend, we can't bring up his ex around him. And his ex was like, you know, it's been years. Yeah. Because he struggles talking about it. Yep. But now it's like it's like that's not a good thing. Right. Right. It's not serving it's not good, you, man. It's not, yeah, it's not serving. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's such a good word. It's not serving you uh, in wrestling, in any sport, really. Would you play sports in high school or college? I, I did. I played basketball in high school and college. Sweet. So, okay. yeah. so it's really easy in sports, as you know, to, oh, man, I hope I don't get tired. Yep. It's really easy to do that. Hey, I hope I don't get tired. But what's probably inevitable in the middle of a wrestling match or basketball game? Some point you'll feel it. Yeah, I'm going to get tired. Yep. So for me, if if I know that the inevitable thing is I'm going to get tired instead of trying all of my might not to get tired and then inevitably getting tired and being like shocked, yeah. I expect it. I, I not just expect it. I go there on purpose. Mm. I'm, I'm going to get myself exhausted and then score points. I'm yeah. going to go there. Let's go to the, I'm going to go to the dark place and I'm going to take you fucking with me. Right. Yeah. And then So now I've, I'm not like expecting disappointment in real life or expecting failure in real life or expecting misery in real life. But when you lean into it, right. For, yeah. for, you know, a better metaphor, when you lean into it a little bit, it almost becomes more manageable to navigate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of like where I'm kind of trying to get with this. I Sorry. love it. No, I love it, man. And you're spot on. And so, you know, you have this great and illustrious high school career, once again, three times state championship with, darn near the fourth um, and when you're that good you just get opportunities and i'm sure there's a lot of schools that are saying hey giant we want you to come play or wrestle for us yeah. um but you pick the ohio state university <laughs> gotta say it that way right i mean we don't even have any other option and and you go there and you know talk a little bit about you know making the jump to from being i mean the best in High school, the yeah. state it, on right. your team. And now it's not that you're not the best, but there's a lot of other people that would be saying the exact same thing. Like, 
hey, I'm a two and three time state champ as well. Everybody's a three time state champ in college. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, um, you know, talk about yeah. that for you and just getting, you know, thrown in that mix of, all right, well, it's time to compete, baby. Like, I'm here. I, I realized, like, uh, once I got into college, I like, wasn't getting a, a single takedown at practice for like the first month and a half against low level guys that placed at state a couple times, but they've been in a college room for several years. Right. Like right. And it's a, it's a, it's a reality shock right away. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's this, you ever heard of a BCA curve? Uh-uh. Okay. So, so I learned this after college, but it's good to, this isn't really what I was thinking in the moment, but I did, I, I went through this, you know, without realizing it. Right. So BCA curve is basically you have uninformed optimism when you're looking at something like skydiving or UFC. Everybody has this in the UFC, right? Yeah. We who have never been in a fight, watch the UFC and we say, just get up. Just hit yeah. the thing. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? He's not aggressive enough. I'd be so much more aggressive, bro. I would be, right? Yeah. Or you watch like Gian Giannis and, and, and Jimmy, uh, Jimmy uh, Butler. Uh, Butler last night. And it's yep. so easy. to be like, Dude, just do this, yeah. right? What are you doing? We have uninformed optimism, and then all of a sudden we get put into discomfort, yeah. and we have informed pessimism, right? So mm. it goes from uninformed optimism to, oh, this is harder than I thought. Well, no yeah. shit, motherfucker, yeah. right? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's not as yeah. easy as just looking at it from afar because there's no discomfort from afar. It's yeah. safe to say it from the you know from afar away, and most people change hobbies there or change yeah. sports, whatever it is. But if you stay there long enough, obviously you have. Uh, the best of both worlds. You have, oh, you know what? I can do this, right? But that that might take years. I have no idea, right? Yeah. So uh, the BCA curve is if you're a B level, and I'll use a podcaster, an interviewer, right? Yeah. You're a B. Let's pretend you're a B level podcaster, right? Yeah. In order to become A level, it's not like an upward trajectory. Like, ooh, I learned new moves today, got a little better. Did more shots today, got a little better. Usually, you go down and then up. Yeah. Usually, yep. BCA curve. So mm. so. If 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 you can only go right in basketball, yep, you can only go right, but you're fucking nasty at it, and you're on your high school team, and you just taught like you everybody, you just boom, I'm just lightning all everybody I beat to my right, I can break out to the right every time, I'm super good there, and you beat everybody. All of a sudden, coach comes out to your practice and goes, "Hey, you're not allowed to go right today." Yeah. Now you went from a B level basketball player down to C. Now yeah. you're. At C. Because you're vulnerable. Right. And pride is going to tell you, go back to the right. Yeah, It's going to have you go back to me. Why? Because it's safe. Because yep. you want to win. Because you want to win. Absolutely. Right? Now, somebody who usually doesn't defend you is defending you. Somebody who usually doesn't beat you at practice is beating you. Humiliation yeah. setting in. All the voices are setting in. But if you stay there long enough, you get pretty good at, at going left. Now you have the option to go both right and left. And you have gotten a little better, BCA. Then you do it again, BCA. Then you do it again, BCA. And you continue to add, right? So, so that's that's how I like to think of it, right? Yeah. And when I was wrestling in state, just to circle back, I had that as a freshman. Mm. You know, I had to to develop, and yeah. uh, and that jump is super fucking hard to say. Right? Day. Yeah. And it's so easy for me to talk about it from far away right now. Absolutely. Like having to go back through it, like the detachment happens so fast. It's fucking hard. It's yeah. so. And every voice is talking to you in your head like, yo, dude, I don't know about this. You know what I mean? It just does. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And, you know, I think an interesting thing can happen too. You know, you start thinking, gosh, should I transfer? Am I even, am I even good enough to be here? And 
And something that I think is interesting, and I'll tie it into, you know, what you talked about before, you know, sometimes just making a choice, even if it is changing course, isn't the wrong thing. And oh. uh, I had a gentleman named Cody Law on, and he went to uh, Penn State and wrestled, and then he ended up switching. And uh, uh, UPJ. Yeah, yeah, to UBJ. And now he's hey, uh, fights in Bellator. That's one of my good buddies. Correct. Okay, yeah. So I had him on the podcast a while back. And, you know, he's like, I got there and just it wasn't going like I thought it was. And, you know, now I'm going down, you know, in competitive rank. And I'm kind of sitting here like, dang, dude, like, was I not good enough to compete at that right. level? And he obviously has had a great career. He's transitioned into, you know, a professional, you know, UFC nice fighting group. Yeah, yeah. But you just sit there and you say, gosh, you know, it is a tough transition, even for someone that's good, but you have the mental head trash of, am I good enough? You know, uh, should I have gone to this level? And so if you've never dealt with that in your life, it's hard to deal with it for the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and so something that I thought was super interesting is multiple of your coaches, um, you know, in different interviews had just talked about, and this is no knock to you. I'm, I'm sure they've said it to you, but they said, Johnny wasn't always the strongest guy. He wasn't the quickest guy, oh. but he was probably the mentally toughest guy. And yeah, it's a com common thing I've always heard about myself, for sure. Yeah. And I embrace it. It's yeah. true. I'm well, not like some six-foot LeBron James looking like freak of athlete, right? Yeah. But Trey, I, I worked hard, you know? Right? Yeah. Sure. Well, well, and so one story that I found that was super in intriguing to me, and I, I couldn't tell if it was uh, maybe they were recruiting you and they saw in high school or it was in college, but uh, your thing was you always got on the mat right after the, the match ended before you and you towed the line. And there was a time where they had an award celebration. You sat out there for, they said, about 30 How minutes. How did you see this? <laughs> Dude, I do research, brother. I told you. How did you see this? <laughs> so, Holy so, God. I was out there for like 20 minutes. That was yeah. sophomore year of high school. Okay, yeah. So they said you're out there for, yeah, 20, 30 minutes. But you're, the competitor was like, well, gosh, I can't not go out there. But he goes out there for maybe two or three minutes and leaves and does not stick it. So you already got point number one on him, right? You got right. the he tried to right kind of stare me down. I cannot believe you knew that. That's funny. Uh, yeah, he uh, he actually good buddies now. Me and me and that wrestler, but uh, he ended up wrestling Ohio State too. Okay. Um, but yeah, he like came right up to the line, and just like so, I was I was where the line. I was like, let's fucking go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And it was almost like a superstition thing. Uh, you know, I just want to be the first one on the line. Whatever. Which superstitions are a mental weakness yeah. in and of itself. Well, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> uh, Drew, the wrestler, comes up and puts his foot on the line and, and kind of stares me down back. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's fucking do this, right? <laughs> and after like two or three minutes, he just he went back to his corner because there was such a long award ceremony process where I did feel like, okay, that's one for me, right? Yeah. Like it was one of those, which that's so funny you know that. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Well, so talking a little bit about, you know, the mental side of things, um, yeah. you know, was that something that was instilled in you by coaches? Was that something you kind of personally sought out or where did, you know, the mental development come from to, you know, have that mental fortitude in, I mean, especially in wrestling, right? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. so important. Everything that, that I feel like we think that we manifested, right? Uh, we probably did hear from our dad and mom when we were kids. You know what I mean? Like, Facts. Yeah. So funny. Like, I, I'm sure my dad at some point said, like, hey, you know, uh, uh, what's something generic? Hey, lying is bad, Johnny. You shouldn't lie. Now I'm 30 years old. And I'm like, you know what? Lying's wrong. Wow, yeah. I'm so smart. I'm so smart, right? Like, we all do, right? Absolutely. Um, so there's so many, like, mental things that I like to think that, that you know, just through – through caring and through effort that I, I, you know, 
think through on my own, like, oh, you know what? That does make sense. Then I'm sure I learned it in cherry pick. Now I do steal a lot, right? Yeah. Hey, this coach said this, you know, this podcast said that, yeah. uh, this athlete, he talks about this and, and I ask questions and, you know, the root of being, you know, a genius at something is to be curious. So I am super curious about things and, and I try my, my hardest to, uh, to indulge in, in, in a lot of, of learning, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, you know, I think a lot of it is, is I gotta give my dad props, man. He, he, <laughs> he helped a lot growing up, yeah. uh, but yeah, co college too. I learned the most yeah. I ever learned about the mindset side of yeah. just the athletics in college. I definitely yeah. did. Did you watch the honest so, interview last night? Yeah. Yeah. That was so good. Okay. Do you okay. call it a failure? No. And, and bro, I, I'm like, I'm in a group chat today with people who, and you know, this, I feel bad saying this. I fucking flame people on Twitter with this, but I'm not this me, right? Yeah. In, in real life. If you only played uh, sports uh, in high school, you, uh, you, you could have a great mind. You, you could, you could, but there's going to be experienced things that you, you just don't have the perspective of. And that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not a shot. It doesn't mean you don't know more about basketball than me. It doesn't mean, right. however, there are some things at a certain level that are just experienced, you know, the goodwill hunting on the bench scene. You know what I yep, mean? Like, yep. hey, you've never looked up at the Sistine Chapel before. Right. You can tell me about Michelangelo in a book, but yeah. you never you don't know what it smells like in that room, right? Yeah. Which, which, which is okay, right? It's not, yep. it's not me knocking high school athletes that only played in high school. That's not yep. what I'm doing. So, so when I had this group chat today, they're like, no, it was a failure. No, it was a failure. No, it was a failure. And they just don't understand that they, they view that as participation trophy type talk. And it's not. No. Giannis cares about fucking winning. Right. He does. He cares about winning so much that he understands I don't have to put all my eggs into winning. I need to put into growth. Yeah. And when you talk about growth, they call it cheesy. They call it corny. No, man, winners win. Vince Lombardi quotes, man. Da -da 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 -da. And that might work for certain athletes, but there's a lot of athletes that it causes paralysis too. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's, it's so, I, I looked at Giannis's interview as a red light. Yeah. The road of his journey of his career is long. Mm -hmm. Losing a game, missing shot, losing a series is just red light. A red light is not failure. It's a yep. red light. It's a speed bump. That's all yep. it is. It's a red light. And you know what? Next year when it comes back, he might meet another red light. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he green lights through the whole fucking season. I have no idea. But the point is people look at it as, as a way to encompass everything. It's not an end result, right? Yep. Like yeah. it's just part of his, his growth the process is such an overused term. I hate using it. Right. Truth to it. Right. There's so much. Absolutely. So, yeah. I love I'm it. Giannis, I'm not even a basketball player. That's <laughs> you, you know? Hey, I love it. You're spot on. Now, another thing that a couple of your coaches talked about was that, you know, you think division one athletics, you think good at it. And oftentimes there's a partying element that comes with that. And coaches said, you know, Johnny didn't really drink. He was, you know, around the friends and he was a good dude. Actually. So, so talk a little yeah. bit about that. I mean, I don't know if that's something that parents instilled in you, if that was just a, Hey, I don't want to do that or family you know, history of it, but talk a little bit about that. I actually like, my dad was like, I'm, I get so into like psychology stuff, like reactance theory and whatnot. Like, hey, if I demand this, usually the opposite happens. My dad was super like liberal about things growing up, not politically liberal. Like, hey, you know, if you do go out, just tell me. 
Mm, hey, yeah. don't drink and drive if you choose to drink. Yeah. And it was like such a, like no really curfew. And obviously that doesn't work for, for all kids. <laughs> right. um, but for me, because it was so like, hey, there, I, I could tell my dad the truth. I don't have to lie. Like yeah. I don't have fear of lying. I just never did. Right. My right. mom drank and, and, you know, it didn't lead to her passing away, but it definitely turned me away from it after the fact, like when she passed away, where at that point I was 16 and I said, you know what? I've never tried alcohol before. My dad wouldn't really give a fuck if I did, but I just don't need to. There is no like, ooh, what's on the other side of this wall that my dad won't let me see? Like there was none of yeah. that. Right. Yeah. So I just, I never did when I was 16. So I chose not to. All of a sudden I got into college, everybody was drinking, but I had gone that long without it. Yeah. And I kind of, I like to, I like to blame wrestling. Like, Ooh, I was so disciplined, but it was deeper than that. It was, yeah. it was more like, it was more like, Oh, you have this like, you know, character at, at our friend's houses of being the funnest one who doesn't drink. And I liked that. Yeah. So I kind of ran with it. Now I'm 30 and I've never smoked, never drank. I did chew one time <laughs> in high school. Puked. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so one thing that I want to highlight there, and you know, once again, I, I have not known you in that aspect, but I think, you know, so many people use, you know, drugs, alcohol as coping mechanisms for things for that sure. they don't want to mentally deal with. Right. It, but sadly it's a mask, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, obviously we spent a lot of time talking about being mentally developed and I'm sure there's an element of, you know, your ability to face tough problems and deal with them instead of, I, I just got to hide it and I have to, you know, right. distract and, and, you know, myself maybe, with something else. There might be other avenues. I do do that. I, you know, I, yeah. I might have spots and like I, I, while you were talking, I, I don't want to come off as people listening to, Hey, I'm better than people. Cause I don't drink. I'm not absolutely by any means. Like if anything, I'd be fucking worse. Wait till you hear about <laughs> the base jumping later. Right. Like if I did drink, I would be way, way worse. Right. Um, I do like to think in certain areas, I am very self-aware that I would be worse. Right. Yeah. Which I think yeah. is a healthy thing. So, so definitely, definitely want to get that out there. Yeah. Uh, there are ways I'm sure in, in, in stress and anxiety, like times I do distract myself that I don't yeah. realize I do right now, but you know, right now talking me and you, the healthy thing is to lean into it and attack yeah. it head on and, and indulge in the feelings. Uh, if you're going to cry, fucking cry right yep. if you're gonna be pissed off hey be pissed off doesn't mean you have to you know snap and punch the wall but right. but you should investigate why those things are happening it is a healthy thing you know what i mean so you know losing my mom it's not something that okay if i drink i'll forget about it and not deal with it it's something that hey i lost my mom let's let let's 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 lean this way into it yep. and see what's going on that should that so it doesn't affect me in 10 years you know absolutely i yeah. love it so you win the national championship in, in college you know as a team i mean it has to be one of the you know i mean pinnacles of success, on the day right? my mom died how crazy no is kidding it? swear that's crazy right march 21st is also my birthday so you know <laughs> that's that's kind of why when you Stop said that it. i was like dude that's wild but yeah holy shit i hate your birthday <laughs> yeah I, I don't blame you one bit i don't blame you one bit brother okay, okay. 2024 we'll, we'll be together we'll do something fun for it right yeah oh man no so it, you have success once again you've built up a great high school resume a great college resume and so pretty natural that you'd want to get into a coaching realm and then also, yeah, yeah. you know, run some clinics. So, I got continue competing after college actually for, for okay. three four years. Oh, neat. So talk a little yeah. bit about that. 
Yeah. So I, you know, th that's one of my potholes actually, because I didn't have the success that I thought I, I could have in college. I was like, you know what? I got some, you know, some fight in me still. I, I want to put my best product out there. I felt like it had yet to be seen. So I wrestled internationally, wrestled, you know, uh, Olympic regional training centers, you know, training at full time around, around the country. Um, and uh, yeah, I was trying to make Team USA. So I wrestled several US Opens, Olympic trials, qualifiers and whatnot. After 2020 uh, COVID, that's when I stopped wrestling and I was coaching at Harvard at the time. And, uh, and now, you know, now I'm here. <laughs> so, so one of your, uh, you know, clinics that you're working and, and putting on, uh, sends you out to Colorado and you're out in Colorado and you guys get a flat tire and you all of a sudden, yeah, I tried yeah. to research brother. And it's, uh, no, it wasn't a flat tire. It was, uh, they're talking about Bryce, right? Yeah. Okay. It was, um, I think it was the alternator. Okay. Oh, it was something with the battery. It was something with the battery. God. But yeah, so you yeah, break down. Yeah. So you, so you break down and you're like, well, we don't know a ton of people around here, but you had seen on either a buy story or something. Well, the wrestling world is small. So yeah. I call my friend Bryce yeah. and, you know, hey, not my friend at the time, but I was like, yeah. hey, you know, you went to Wyoming. I know Cheyenne's only like an hour from Denver. We don't know anybody out here. Fortunately, now in the whole country, you know, I've been to every single state at, at minimum 10 times yeah. besides Alaska. Yeah. Fucking haven't been to Alaska. It makes me mad. But Every single state, minimum 10 times where I, I I have a good little network of homies I could hit up. Like, hey, dude, I'm in this city. Hey, I'm in this city. But at the time, I was, it was 2016. I was fresh out of college. I didn't have anybody to call. Yeah. So I called Bryce Meredith. I'm like, hey, uh, I need you to come, like, jump our car or something or just pick us up. I don't know. Right. So he drives out and he jumps our car and we, he goes, do you guys want to go cliff jumping? And we're like, yeah. He brings us cliff jumping and that snowballed into me and Bryce becoming really good friends. Like really, really good friends. He part of going to bar with me. Right. Yes, yeah. Yes. So, so we, we've, we've done stuff all over the world together. We've, you know, we've ran with the bulls in Spain. We've done some crazy stuff. There's actually a good, uh, did you ever hear the Iceland story with me and Bryce? Uh, is that where you get a little delayed and, uh, decide to go check it out or no? Federados. Do you, do you remember yeah. that term? Yeah, when you're leaving with the person, but tell it, tell it, you tell it. Okay, so basically, long story short, yeah. we, me and Bryce were in, uh, I mean, this is pro noia to a T, right? Yeah. Me and Bryce were in Iceland. We sneak into the Blue Lagoon because yeah. it was like a 10 hour wait. And because we snuck in, we got banned for life, right? Yeah. And what we didn't realize at the time was the Blue Lagoon was kind of a man made spring. Everybody looks at it on Instagram, on Google, and it looks like a real spring, but it's like a regular man made bottom. And spring water is pumped into it. So it's kind of like a letdown, right? right yeah. We're, we're on these forums, on these back pages, this and that, looking up like real springs in Iceland that we could be like in the wild. We wanted to like immerse ourselves. So we find one hours away. We get out there. We hike out. It's like a mile or two hike. Nothing crazy, but, you know, up a river. Yeah. And it's midnight, but it's bright out because it's like June or July. And we get to this hot spring and these two Icelandicans are there. After about an hour of just enjoying it, glaciers and mountains and craziness, uh, it starts to drizzle. And we we looked up, it's, it's about to downpour, right? So we start walking back to the car. And we get to the car and he this kid goes, hey, would you mind giving me a ride? And mind you, this, you know, imagine like Amish towns, yeah. right? They're not Amish. The Iceland people are not, obviously, Icelandic people are not Amish. Yeah. But it's just such small little communities yeah. spread like hours apart from each other right like it's crazy 
So, I, you know, the closest little town with like three people in it is probably like an hour away. So I'm like, bro, like we are in the middle of nowhere. You don't know, like, how did you get here? Like, what would you do? And he says, Teitaradas. and it like rolls his R. So I'm like, what does that mean? And he basically says, hey, whatever happens, it's going to work out. Hmm. Right. And it is delusional optimism again. It is. Yeah. But it did work out. He did have a fucking ride. I was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is. Crazy. And sometimes when, you know, I know it sounds cheesy and it's overused, but when you do put yourself out there, opportunities do like come back. Like it does. Yeah. Reciprocate. And, you know, maybe one day it won't work out for him, but it's better to believe it will, yeah. you know, and just I, think your life is over. You know, it just, yes. you know, it, it, and it was really cool. You know, uh, we took that with us and we, and we, we, I think that on everything right now, I'm like, oh, that, 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 this, this shit's going to work. You know, it might not live. The house is on fire, but it's going to work out. <laughs> Whatever, man. Absolutely. So to, to talk about it and yeah, we're kind of getting into this, this next phase of life. Talk Adventure. about how, yeah, talk about how parachuting and base jumping became, you know, an activity for you. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, one, a lot of people have done it once, but not many people have done these yeah. things multiple times. So talk a little bit about how you got started with it and uh, how it continued to grow for you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I skydived when I was 18, because obviously I never drank, right? Yeah. So my dad for my 18th birthday, is like, hey, you're not going to party. What can you do? Yeah. I said, well, I could skydive, right? We can go to like yeah. an Indian casino or a native casino, or we could skydive. I'm one of the two. Yeah. Uh, Ohio, we don't have any uh, reservations where you could, you know, go to a casino. So he's like, all right, I think he's got it. Yeah. So we go up five days after my birthday, July 10th, 2010. And I jump out of my first airplane tandem with, with a person. Yeah. I went tandem like two more times because it was a blast. Yeah. That led to one of the instructors saying like, hey, dude, you're, you're wasting your money. It's 25 jumps to get your A license. Uh, you're not strapped to anybody, but there's people like holding you in free fall and they kind of teach you how to fly your body, you know, et cetera. You'll have your A license after 25 jumps. So I do it. So I get my A license. Fast forward 100, 200 jumps later. Uh, some people ask like, hey, why is it fun to jump out of a plane? Like, is it the same thing every time, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's fun once, but it's, if I rode the same roller coaster every day, like I'd probably get bored with it. I would skydiving is nothing like a roller coaster. It's completely different. It's actually more peaceful while it looks from the outside, like thrilling. It's very peaceful. Yeah. Um, and you don't feel like you escape death afterwards. Like even as a tandem, I was terrified. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to escape death today, but it's not that, it, yeah. you know, afterwards it's like, wow, that was, that was like being like close, like, like an intimate interaction with life. Like that's yeah. really what it is. Right. So Imagine instead of it like a roller coaster, it's more like, why would you play golf multiple times? Why not just play once? Well, it's yeah. different every time, right? Like right. So first day, there, there's progression, there's learning, there's skill. It's not just luck of the draw. Does it work right. or does it not? Right. You have to learn how to fly your body, fly your parachute. You know, there's so many things that go into skydiving, right? Yeah. So I've 200 jumps. Uh, there's this uh, event called Bridge Day in West Virginia every year. 100,000 people in West Virginia celebrate. I forget what they're celebrating, something with the state. But for some reason, it's on the highest bridge in the country, New River Gorge, uh, or second highest, Royal, Royal Gorge in Colorado's tallest. But second highest, New River Gorge in West Virginia, they say, hey, uh, we, we make it illegal for from 8 to 3 o'clock for base jumpers to jump. You guys can jump for these hours only. We won't arrest you because base jumping in a sense is illegal. So hunters base jumpers show up thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people are on the bridge watching us as they cross through. I think a hundred thousand people cross over the bridge over the course of the day. Wow. And we jump. So it's a 900 foot bridge. It's tall. 
a tall object is more forgiving. You have more time, right? right. It's, height is usually associated with with danger, but that's that's <laughs> kind of like the opposite. That's the, that's right. the wrong, misleading stigma, right? Yeah. So I jump off this bridge for the first time, and you know it was you 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 get the long free fall, six seven seconds. So it feels like a skydive for a second or two. You pull, you land on the side. Of the, I land in the water, you know, to make it safe. Okay. Uh, and it was amazing. And that led to my buddy calling me a few months later, like, hey, you want to do a cell phone tower? And that's yeah. only 300 feet, right? 350 feet. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, okay. And that led to, okay, hey, do you want to start, you know, sneaking into roofs of buildings? And do you want to start, you know, going on hikes at, at, at certain, you know, places out west and jumping off these cliffs and, you know, progress into a very dangerous, right? Very dangerous, but very beautiful sport that that I love a lot. And yeah, yeah, I can talk about that all day. <laughs> Absolutely. So one of the, well, so to, to that, so to know tomorrow, uh, to kind of promote the, uh, the business, you guys are in a hot air balloon and uh, you're going up and you think, oh, well, this would be a neat thing to jump out of. But unfortunately, the recording doesn't go right the first time, so we have hey, to. Oh, he wants this second yeah. time. So cool. talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, I guess the, yeah, yeah, the, the, the story behind it, to... yeah, how it all came to be. Well, basically, so so how, a couple of days before that is when the no tomorrow kind of thing kind of like came into fruition for me. So obviously, we've probably heard something like, "Hey, live like there's no tomorrow." We've heard that yeah. before. Um, I was on the phone with my dad, and my dad uh, is super successful business guy owns a bunch of businesses, uh, is a, a customer service consultant, motivational speaker, has like four or five best-selling books, right? He's this end of the spectrum, right? Like he's just very, uh, make your money, you know, work hard, which is great. Yeah. My mom was a lot more over here. She was the, the creative. She was a hairstylist. She worked on fashion week. She worked with different movie stars doing their hair, this and that. So she's more on the creative side. So together, when they opened the salons, it was very like creative and business, boom, together, right? I definitely pick from my mom's side more, right? I definitely do. So my dad sees me running around the planet with no money for years, right? Like I'm in Thailand, I'm in, in the Philippines, I'm in Palau, I'm all over the planet. And he knows I have, you know, less than a thousand bucks on my bank account doing all these things. Yeah. And in his eyes, he thinks... If I only have, you know, 500 bucks, thousand bucks, why would I book a flight? Right? right. Like I need to double down, make my money. And and in my eyes, I'm like, if I could be broken America or broken Thailand, I'm going to be broken Thailand. You know what I mean? So that's how I always thought. Right. Yeah. So he called me one day and he goes, you live life on spring break all the time. Permanent spring break. Like you only care about today. You don't care about tomorrow. And he's kind of like, he's giving me the dad speech, which he's right. He, he's, he's correct. But he's saying, like, let's fucking go. Get after it, right? Yep. Boom, right? I go, whoa, I really like that. <laughs> and I call my friend Jake. And I go, uh, my friend Jake Ryan, actually my uh, my coach's son. <coughs> sorry. <coughs> he's my coach's son uh, from Ohio State. And I call him up and I'm like, hey, you know how we've been looking for, like, a hashtag or something fun that we can just market for ourselves? What do you think about like live no tomorrow? Like, hey, do cool stuff right now. Like tomorrow's not promised. Uh, be super present. Just stuff like that. And he was like, wow, I love that. That's awesome. Why don't we transition that? Not just a hashtag, 
maybe throw it on some shirts and da da da. So I said, oh yeah, great. So it wasn't really like a brand thought at first. Yeah. It was more of just like, uh, hey, this is a way that I like to live life, right? Yeah. So then the next day, we we're driving to this hot air balloon, and I had this idea to like hang from the hot air balloon from my buddy's arm, and he would drop me. Now everybody has seen like viral hot air balloon videos. But we do them all the time where it's almost going to be oversaturated. So I was like, okay, how can I take this and be like a little bit different, right? Yeah. One, I want to have fun jumping out of hair. It's not all about the video. But if I can make a cool video, I might as well try. So I'm in my friend's arm. I get like sat down and we like drop too fast and he drops me out of the hair. Obviously, I have a parachute on. I'm skydiving. Yeah. It's fine. But I didn't get the cool like drama of the video. Right. Right. Oh, fall open up. I'm pissed. Right. So I, uh, I go up to the balloon, uh, balloon pilot when he lands and I say, Hey, is there any chance you're, you're still jumping like later on today? He goes, Oh, I don't think so. I have a yeah. sunset low with a bunch of non-jumpers, but I don't think there's room. Uh, I'll let you know in like an hour or two. Yeah. And I'm five hours away from where I have to go. So yeah. I'm thinking, like, should I leave? I don't know this and that. And also I needed my rig repacked and I, I, I packed my base rig, but I hate packing my sky rig. So I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna have to pack my sky rig. I don't really want to do this. Uh, and I'm almost like at the point I'm just leaving, right? Uh. So I Google, like, is there a close drop zone around us? I'm in the middle of PA. I've never jumped in PA before. And there was one like 20 minutes away. I'm like, okay, let's go over there and just see if somebody can like throw our rigs together real quick. We drive over there and they're closed. It's November, but there's one person checking on the maintenance there. Wow. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll pick stuff up real fast. Just worked out, right? Then I get a call from the pilot. He says, "Hey, there's room on this load if you want to come." So we go and we get this great video of me hanging from his arm, and it's, "Oh no, don't fall, don't fall!" It looks funny, and and I fall, and then it gets blown up. It's like Sports yeah. Center, Barstool, World Star, just everybody posting it, yeah. and it like sparked like oh, you know what? We can get a lot of attention on this brand, you know, if we just showcase our lifestyle, right? Yeah. And I don't sacrifice my enjoyment of the of the lifestyle for videos. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I do like storytelling. I do like, you know, showing the world cool stuff. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. So, you know. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. And, and so you've had a bunch of, you know, videos get tons of traction. And at some point, a connection with the Paul brothers comes to be. Yeah. And you've partnered Actually, with connection them. From, from wrestling. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's hear you give a little rundown. And so, uh, yeah, so you've Jake, partnered with them on some videos. Jake, uh, Jake was a high school wrestler when I was at Ohio State. He, uh, he was like 15, 14 years old and came to Ohio State wrestling camp, right? Fortunately, I was a pretty household name in the wrestling community at the time. You know, um, I was working the camp. I was teaching wrestling moves to a bunch of the kids. And this little, you know, fucking kid was was hilarious. He's like, dude, can you take me out? You know, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take you out. Like, yeah. So I'm fucking bringing him to all these, like, college parties. Like, a high school kid. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, uh, just showing him the funnest week of his, like, little camper, you know, life. And you know, boom, he blows up on Vine, uh, which snowballs into obviously YouTube and YouTube snowballs into, you know, who he is now. And yeah. uh, we just stayed in touch. We stayed close. And, you know, that's one of my, that's one of my really good friends now. You know, he's one of my best friends. I see him, you know, a couple times a month, you know, when I go down to Puerto Rico or, you know, we meet and we just went to Hawaii together. We, we, we've been, you know, all over there. We, we get this house in Miami sometimes together. Uh, 
And that obviously, because he's brothers with Logan, you know, led to me doing some prime stuff with Logan, just because of the good aesthetic of, of base jumping and whatnot. And yeah. I'm actually a sponsored athlete uh, from a parachute of Jake's company, Better. Better, yeah. So, yeah, technically, uh, better athlete, right? I got better on my parachute, jump out of, uh, jump off cliffs, jump off buildings and, and bet better, right? Absolutely. Well, Johnny, I know after this, you got to hit a flight. So talk a little bit about what you're going to go fly and do in Mexico, my man. All right. So um, first of all, I, I love it. Like, I'm so sorry I do this, but you ask a question. I like have to like wrap it into my brain, talk over here and then circle back. I don't <laughs> know why is. I do that. That's just how I, that's how I process it. But so no tomorrow, right. To answer your question about Mexico, yeah. no tomorrow doesn't mean go do death defying things. It's yeah. not like, Hey, go jump off a building. That's the only way to live in the moment. Like is to risk your life. That's not what I, I want it to mean. Yeah. It could be yoga. It could be uh, going for a run. It could be working out. It could be art. It could be doing podcasts, talking to people, losing track of time. It's whatever makes you feel super present and and, and kind of sets your soul on fire a little bit of, hey, I feel alive right now. Mm. Like whatever that is. And, and for some people, it is just yoga. That's not risking my life, but I feel so alive when I do. Right. So, so for me, I, I want people to know it's not just parachute activities. So yep. for me, right. Although that is the main thing I do, base jumping and whatnot. That's not the only way I feel super alive. A big part of why I feel alive is that right there, right? Those sharks, not just sharks, but just ocean life, yeah. wildlife in general. Kind of diving in in it with wildlife is. I'm gonna go back to that one phrase. It's such an intimate experience with with life and with the human yeah. experience. It's so amazing because there's all this chaos, and then boom, you're underwater and it's quiet, and there's just this thing. You know, yeah. maybe it's a whale, maybe it's a dolphin, maybe it's a shark. It's just this thing that's living in a world that you know nothing about. Mm. And it's so amazing. It's it's literally amazing. Uh, long story short, orcas are migrating through Cabo around this time of year. So we're flying down, me and my girlfriend were flying down and hoping uh, to 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 see some orcas underwater. You know, I don't want to, I want to have responsible encounters. I don't want to, you know, yeah. be harassed or jumping on top of them, but if I'm in the water and one swims by me, you know, I can't help that. That's, that's, that's their, that's their space, right? That's, that's right. Home. Right. So hopefully you're going to see some, some cool wildlife this week, you know, jump on some, uh, jump on some dolphins, jump on some orcas, you know, see some, see some cool stuff. I love it, brother. Well, Johnny, any other things you want to make sure to yeah, highlight? I got a you. Yeah. Would you ever scout? I have never skydived. And I literally just told Julia, cause she asked me, she's like, what's one thing you want to do? And this is probably like a week or two ago. I was like, I want to go skydiving. She's like, you got to do it. And I was like, I know I got to do it. So, so that, that's something that, you know, if I'm ever, you're in Nebraska, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm ever passing through. I got a, a camp in council bluffs in, uh, in July. So if we got some time, we'll, we'll get up, in that, we'll get up in the plane. Let me know or anywhere I need to go. I, I take a trip every month. That's yeah. my non-negotiable of living in Omaha. It's like, I got to get oh, the like heck that. out of here. So. I like that. Omaha is a fun city though. You know, obviously, you know, you college world series in Omaha. That's yeah. Valuable. Yep. Coming up. Um, so, so for you, what, what's your, what's your no tomorrow? What, what makes you feel, Hey, when I'm doing this, I don't check my phone. I forget time. Like I am just so, I feel so alive when I do this. Like, it's so fun for me, man. You know, so my purpose is helping people. So, you know, yeah. I, I run a financial planning practice. I own a rental real estate company. Like those are the things that like, I get my most purpose out of, cool. uh, but That's like, big. I mean, you're giving, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're those lies. That's gotta be very, you know, fulfilling. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. but I would say for me, it's being intentional with my relationships. Like, uh, you know, my friends, wow, my friends are just like so important. And so I tell them all the time, it's like, I, I have a very hectic life. So I don't always have, you know, five hours to give you. But when I'm there, like, I'm not texting. I'm not taking phone calls. I, I don't even keep my work email on my cell phone because I oh, know cool, I would check it. So for me, like the thing that makes me feel most alive is just like being around like my core Who you care about that that make me better. And so, yeah, I mean, I just that's, that's a really good answer. Being intentional in your relationships. That's something that because I ask a lot of people that question. I don't think yeah. I ever got one like as genuine as that. Like usually <laughs> it's it's I don't want to say selfish answer, yeah. but it's it's things that do things for for us. As opposed to like a, a, a relationship, you know, so that that's really that's really cool, really unique. So cool. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. Well, Johnny, you're a legend. Thanks so much for hopping on and sharing your story. And uh, you just got promised me we can do this again, like three or four years, and highlight all the new stories. Dude, we've been doing it three or four months. <laughs> we've been doing it a few months. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much.